Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. I'm going to get right to the word. John chapter 17, verse 20. We will pick up the reading there. Reading verse 20 through 23. Neither pray I for these things alone, Jesus said, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. Speaking about the apostles. So he's talking about you and me. All of us that believe on him through their word. 21. That they all may be one. As thou, Father, thou art in me and I in thee. That they also may be one in us. That the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me, I've given them. The glory that you gave me, I gave them. That they may be one. And as even as we are one, I and them, thou and me, that thou may be made per- that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me what a powerful prayer powerful verse of scripture that Jesus brings to us today it throws some for theological loops but for us who understand the one God. It is a wonderful, glorious passage. Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight on this evening that we celebrate Pentecost and we will come, Lord, to your table to do so and to remember you. Lord, may we in some capacity be sensitive enough to your spirit, God, that we fulfill this prayer that we be one. Help us to endeavor to do that. Help us, Lord, to focus on that. In Jesus' mighty name, let everybody say amen. Amen. I'm here to talk to you tonight about communion. God bless you. Be seated. Communion. The power of being one in the body. If I had a subtopic, that would be it. The power of of being one body. Unity is an incredible and powerful force for when they begin to build up Babel, God said, I got to confound their language because they are unified so strongly that there is nothing that can stand in their way. 
Now, the early church, that apostolic church, was known to be in one accord, one voice, one focus, one passion, one mission. Their unity was a part of the reason they were able to withstand persecution. It enabled them to turn their world upside down. Nothing could stand in their way. It may look like at times that there was failures because those that went to prison or those that suffered, but that is not an indication of what victory looks like. So Jesus prayed that his people would be one. He said, he said neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe through their word. I'm not just praying for the oneness of this generation. I'm praying for the oneness of every succeeding generation. That they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I am thee. That thou also may be one in us. Jesus prayed a very particular and straightforward prayer that he said, I want my church to be unified. This is the reason he said that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. There is something that the church must do, not just in a local assembly, but those beyond uh, the, the four walls that we have here, and that is, oh God, make us one. Make us one. Help us to be unified in the body of Christ. Help us to be a community. Help us to be a community. The church today is called to be unified. The question then begs to come to us and says, but, but what really unites us? What is it that unites us? Does attending MPC unite us? Does being a part of a organization, belonging to an organization, or carrying a card in your pocket, does that unite us? Attending a ministry conference where there's a great move of God or going to camp meeting and being a part of the glory of the Lord there, do, do, do those things unite us? Do, are we united because we're close to people and family? We're related, and so <clears throat> that gives us a, a platform for unity. Unity. The question is, how are we to be unified? Jesus had this prayer. He's prayed for the oneness of his church because the oneness of the body would be essential to the promulgation of the gospel and the advancement of the kingdom. So he prayed this, they also may be one in us that the world may believe. The oneness of the church is meant to disrupt hell and to bring a division among demons. Sometime I just want to turn it back on them. When they come to try to bring division and, and try to, to, to stir up things, I, I want them to go back to the regions of, of hell and let all the hierarchy there of principalities and powers uh, be disrupted by division. Hell, you see, is not concerned about what the church is doing. It doesn't matter to hell what we do as long as we don't do it together. That's the question. Oneness is about doing what God has called us to do, unified, moving forward. Not every one of us can sit at the first chair. Not every one of us can play 
the first chair trumpet. Uh, not every one of us will beat the big drum. Not every one of us can blow the trumpet. Uh, someone must be willing to, to play the cymbals or be willing to play the triangle or be willing to play the tuba or be willing to play the piccolo. But here's what I do know. Every one of us can be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost that fell on Pentecost. Every one of us, regardless of what whatever position we may hold, can be filled. There is no distinction between being filled with the Holy Ghost from me to you or from you to someone else in this body. Amen. Just, just because there are those that have the Holy Ghost, amen, that looks like they're doing so much more. Take to heart, brothers and sisters. Every one of us have the opportunity. But, God, but because the Bible said on the day of Pentecost, they were all, all filled from the least to the greatest all field. I would to God that the church would have that as the mantra is that everybody field. We want every, from every child to every grandma to every grandpa, we want everyone to be filled with the Spirit because it is the Spirit that unites us. In Galatians 3, Paul writes to this church and he says in verse 27, for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Hmm, that's a great scripture. He said, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, but ye are all one in Christ. So the body of Christ is not even predicated on, on gender. It's not predicated on race. It's not predicated on the color of skin. But what is it that makes us one body? We are all baptized into one body by what? One spirit. We are all baptized by one spirit. Hallelujah. The same Holy Ghost that is in you is the Holy Ghost that is in me. The same spirit of God that is in you is the same spirit of God that is in me. So when we say Pentecost, what we're truly saying is we are filled with the uniting force of God to do things for the kingdom. When he said, but you are all one in Christ, Paul is using the masculine one to show that in the eyes of God that the whole of the church is likened unto one man, but one body, but one person. Hallelujah. That is why Jesus prayed, oh, that they all may be one. Amen. That they all may be one. And, and he said, and, and I have given them, that they, I've given uh, the glory unto them that they may be one. Hallelujah. That they may be one. What an incredible statement is that God can take people from different backgrounds. God can take people from different social status. God can take people from different income levels and all be filled with his spirit and make them one. You can be smart or dumb and still be one. You can be educated or ignorant and still be one. You can have a little money or a lot of money and you can still be one. Oh, praise to the name of the Lord in this place. He said in this prayer, Jesus said, The glory which thou gavest me, I have given them that they may be one. What is the glory? 
What is the glory that he's talking about? The glory of the Father is the promise of the Father, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We have all been given the glory of God, not to brag and boast about who we are, but rather to be one. It is the power of the Holy Ghost that unites us. And when the church is one, it is unstoppable. When the church is one, revival is going to come regardless. When the church is one, salvation is happening happening to somebody, someplace, somehow. When the church is won, there's a healing that can take place. When the church is won, victory is inevitable. Hallelujah. The Bible says that we are to be one, Paul said in Ephesians 4 and 3, endeavoring to keep the unity of what? To keep the unity of the the spirit in the bond of peace that is the great unifying force is the power of the Holy Ghost. When you are filled with the Holy Ghost, it puts you in a place that you can work with people that are filled with the Holy Ghost. When you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you can get along and work with people in the body that without it, you couldn't get along. Well, I just can't get along with them. Well, if they have the Holy Ghost and you have the Holy Ghost, we got a problem with something beside the Holy Ghost. Amen? It is the Spirit that unifies. It is the Spirit that brings us into oneness. It is the power of God. Ye shall receive power. The Holy Ghost power. Amen. Paul wrote in Ephesians 3 and 20, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that does what? Works in us. There is something dynamic in a unified church that is full of the Holy Ghost, working together, praying together, rejoicing together, worshiping together, seeking the lost together, reading the Bible together, amen, teaching Bible studies together. There is something about a church that will do that. It is an unstoppable force. I don't care how much you and I may have in this world, but if we have the Holy Ghost, Look out, devil, here we come. If we are one in the spirit and we are endeavoring, we are fighting, we are working, we are straining toward that mark of keeping the unity of the spirit, look out, devil. Hallelujah. Because unity is the state of being one, singleness of purpose, one place. One harmony. Hallelujah. Can you lift your voice and thank the Lord for the oneness of the church? When we come to the Lord's table, it is called the cup of communion. 1 Corinthians 10 and 16 the cup of blessing which we bless, it is, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? Koinonia is the word here for com- communion, fellowship, mutual association. It is a participation as one. Communion, it shares with each other. It shares in an intimate way. It is the right hand of fellowship. 
pledge of working together. It is the little children's Sunday school song when we all pull together. How, how happy because your work is my work and our, boy, this is deep. This is deep. That's, that's some great old Sunday school songs that, 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 that just need to get. It got down in this old boy's heart because I remember it from Sunday school. For your work is my work and our work is. Hallelujah. We all pull together. You see, it's not about the one that, that shines. It's not the one that is the first chair. It is about the one that says, I'll beat the drum at that one time. If that's all I do, I'm going to be there to play that drum. If that's all I do, I'm going to worship and praise the Lord because I'm a part of this symphony. I'm a part of this community. Amen. If just me meeting somebody at the door and shaking their hand with a smile does something to unify the church, count me in. If it, if, if I got to be there for work day and mowing day, count me in. If I'm going to be a part of the cleanup crew, count me in because that's something that's going to happen. If I'm unified with the vacuum cleaner, hallelujah, I'm going to be unified in the body of Christ and a miracle could happen. It's about motive. Somebody say motive. You will find the institution and inauguration of the Lord's table happened during the Passover, the Hebrew Passover. You remember, Jesus took a towel and he washed their feet. Jesus established the Lord's table, the memorial table, what we call communion. He inaugurated it with washing feet, with serving others, by becoming humble, by be, be, being very responsible and showing us the path to unity. They were fighting over who's going to be the best and the greatest and the most wonderful. And he said, I'll show you what the kingdom is really about. The kingdom is about humbling yourself and serving others and helping them with their dirty, sticky issues. There can be no communion without unity. Unity says, I'm willing to wash feet if that is what it takes. I'm willing to, to resolve dirty issues among the body. I know and you know it does not matter. We've been here close to 109 years. Amen. It does not matter. But let me just tell you this one thing for sure. Is that there's been some issues in this church over the years. I know you're gasping. I know you're shocked. I know you're ready to put a, a, a quote from Pastor Gill with the... Emoji right behind it. You're, you're just so shocked about that. But I want to tell you, we can overcome the issues, and we have. We can overcome. Why? Because the objective is, oh, God, let me answer the prayer of Jesus. And that is, I must be one. I must be one. It's not my agenda. It is your agenda. It is not my way or, or the highway. It is your way. Lord, your way. Can you lift? I feel the Lord in this place tonight. I know that there is a spirit of unity in MPC. I'm not preaching about something that we're fighting. I'm not preaching about we're battling unity, but I'm talking about what communion brings us to. Amen. Unity. Communion is a test of the church's unity and fellowship, koinonia, in the body. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 
and verse 23. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, <clears throat> the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner, he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament of my, in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink of it in remembrance of me. For as oft as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. <clears throat> till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, doing what? What is, his, what is he guilty of? Not discerning the Lord's body. You see, the church at Corinth had relationship issues, had problems discerning the Lord's body. In this context, the body speaks of the corporate body of Christ or the fellowship of the membership of the body of Christ. Hallelujah. The, the Corinthians were not walking in unity. Their motives were messed up. Their desires were messed up. They had taken communion and turned it into something besides what it was meant to be. Amen. I want to tell you when we partake of the cup and the bread tonight, let's check our motives. Let's check our motives and see, oh Lord, what is my motive here tonight when I partake of the bread and I drink of the cup? In 1 Corinthians, he had told them in the very first chapter of 1 Corinthians 1 and 12, now this I say unto you, I, I say unto every one of you, I am, uh, now this I say that every one of you saith, I am of Paul and I am of Apollos. Are I of Cephas, or I of Christ? Is Christ divided? Is his body divided? Was Paul crucified for you, or you, were you baptized in the name of Paul? Notice he didn't say in the name of, if he was a son, he would, could have said the son, a tent maker, and an apostle. No, he said in the name. I, can I get an amen there? Amen. Snuck that one in. Some were looking at the body as being divided into groups. Apollos, Cephas, Christ, Paul. They are dividing the body into segments and, and dividing the body into strife and party making and, and, and political things. And Paul said, listen, I want to tell you, that's not what the body is all about. You're dividing the body. I want to say, church, we must not divide the body of Christ. When we come to the Lord's table, let us see it as one. Let us see us as one in the Lord. I will tell you ahead of time. 
time when we get to communion tonight. It has been our custom sometime to break off into families. But tonight, we are going to come as one. We are going to come as one body and partake of it as one body. We may be members in particular, but when it comes right down to it, we are the body of Christ. And Lord, let our motives be about unity. Let our motives be about answering your prayer for oneness. Let our motives be, oh God, not just simply bless me, give me. But Lord, let me be one. Let me be a unifier, not a divider. Let me be a unifier, not a divider. Corinth was so messed up. Some were getting drunk and abusing the Lord's tables, having parties. Others who did not have the means to participate were told to go away. There was a class distinction. Like if you weren't a certain class, you couldn't have communion. And those that had communion, they, they brought, brought gallons. Party time. They attempted to have communion without union. Communion without union is what happens when there is division in the body because they do not discern the Lord's body. And by not discerning the Lord's body, their, mess, their motives were messed up. They had issues, and so they were coming and eating and drinking unworthily. Can I just tell you, I want to stop a theological fallacy. You and I will never be worthy to drink the cup in the sense of being sinners, being lost, being undone. But what we can be worthy of is coming in the right spirit and coming in the right motive and coming with the attitude, I am so imperfect and I am still struggling to become a disciple of Christ and I mess up, but oh, praise be to God, there's a union that I can have with the spirit. It is called the Calvary and Pentecost union because he paid for it at, Pente uh, paid for it at Calvary and we received the promise at Pentecost and it is the power of the Spirit that unifies what Christ did yes. on Calvary. The word unworthy in the Greek means something that's been properly tested and found wanting, not equal to the task in an unworthy manner. None of us are good enough. So then it must be about motive and manner of partaking. Watch out how we eat the bread and drink the cup. Let us never do it in an irreverent manner or defiant spirit or a divisive spirit. Let us never be careless about the Lord's table. Let us never belittle sacredness and special uh, 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 honor to the Lord's table when we approach it. Some eat the bread and drink the cup unworthily because they're not really being honest with their relationship to the Lord. They're not being honest in that. I'm, 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 I mess up, but thank God for the blood. Thank God for the bread. Thank God for forgiveness. I'm a child and I still need to have, if we never ever needed to have a touch 
from God again. He would never tell us, do this until I come. But this is a reminder. I need fellowship with the blood. I need fellowship with the body. I need fellowship with the blood. And I need fellowship with the body. I can't make this on my own. I must have the body. I must have the redemption of God in my life. He said, they drink it unworthily unto damnation. That means that a legal decision of judgment has been passed upon them because they did not discern. They did not discern. They did not judge. They did not distinguish the Lord's body. And as a result, verse 30 says in 1 Corinthians 11 and 30, for this cause many, many are weak and sickly among you and many sleep. Man, that's a tough verse, isn't it? Because they, they had a motive that was messed up. He said there was a, a judgment that was made and they didn't discern the Lord's body. It was all about them. It was all about their party, all about their show and who sat at their table. Verse 31 says, For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. If you'll take the time to examine your motive, not your brothers or sisters, what is my motive? I will tell you tonight, there are things in my life that I, I just feel frustrated about and there are things in my life I feel like a, that may not be going right right now. But I'm coming tonight to take this cup and this bread because I need the communion of Christ and I need the communion of you. I need the relationship of you. Hallelujah. I pray tonight that when we come together, there is such a unifying explosion of oneness that the Holy Spirit, amen, responds upon each of us. Oh, praise be to God. Verse 32, but when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. If we don't examine our motives, God will. Somebody say, ouch. It's a judicial sentencing that is passed. The consequence being sometimes we're weak because we don't discern the Lord's body and the importance of one another, the importance of church, the importance of church, the importance of being in the house of the Lord, the importance of saying, I'm coming to church. No matter what, church is my, my main stay in this crazy, perverted, confused world. Church is my, my main stay. And so I, I, I can't afford, I can't afford to just say, I, 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 I'm going to pass it up. No, because that's where weakness comes from. Even sickness and even death. Why? Must I have communion? Because in that communion, in his presence, I find abiding joy and peace. I find strength that I do not have and unity that I so crave. It's the Lord's table tonight where we come together in agreement. We believe together. We are saying as one. When we partake of the cup and we partake of the bread, we are saying as one, I believe in the redemptive work of Christ and he alone is the one who could save me. He alone.
communion. We're not perfect, but by his spirit, we are. We're, we're not one, one because we have a great heritage or a great family, but because we have the Holy Spirit. We are one because our motives are one. Not a big I or little you, but rather all of us together. We must be one with Christ and thereby be one with his body. Remember, motive is the prime principle coming to communion. Stand with me. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.